welcome back to another episode of Reasons to be Happy, where the mission is to inspire joy, focus on the lighter side of life, and get good at feeling good. I am your host, Paula, and today's topic is on toxic positivity. Before we get into it, I wanted to recommend a few shows and movies that I've watched recently that I found pretty uplifting. One of them is the documentary on Netflix called Cheer. It's about the Navarro College cheerleading team, which is based in a small town in Texas. It documents their preparation for nationals in Daytona Beach, and it focuses in on about five or six of the team members and their coach, Monica. And the documentary is all about the college kids' ups and downs, the team struggles, Many of these kids had come from really difficult backgrounds and unstable childhoods, and now they are on the best cheerleading team in the country. And Monica, their coach, she's tough, but she also plays this really nurturing mother-like role. Um, The stunts are so fun to watch, and even though there are some really challenging moments for the, the team members, overall it's about these college athletes overcoming all of these obstacles and it's really encouraging and highly entertaining. So season two came out recently but if you haven't watched season one I'd suggest starting with that first to get to know the cast and you also might be thinking I have no interest in cheerleading. I know nothing about it. That's what I had thought at first too but give it a chance because the stories and the sheer talent that these athletes have it's really inspiring. Another recommendation is the movie The Tender Bar on Amazon Prime. It takes place in the 70s, 80s, and it's a coming-of-age story about a boy named J.R. McGuire who dreams of becoming a writer. And his alcoholic father isn't in the picture, so he's raised by his mom and his grandparents and his bartending uncle, who's played by Ben Affleck, who I love. Um, And then... They all live in this big, dilapidated house in Long Island, and it's a bit of a chaotic childhood for JR, but somehow he gets himself to Yale, and it's a great story about making your dreams happen despite all odds against you. I believe it's based on a true story. And the last movie rec I have is a film I watched last night. It's also on Amazon Prime. It's called The Secret Dare to Dream. So I had been searching for a movie, something kind of easy to watch, and it intrigued me because it's based on Rhonda Byrne's book, The Secret. The storyline is centered around Miranda Wells, this young widow with three kids. She's struggling to raise them and keep everything afloat. She always is stressed and things keep happening in her life that complicate just her day-to-day and it's set in New Orleans and this hurricane rolls in and causes a lot of damage to her house and this mysterious man named Bray he comes in and he's trying to deliver her a message and it's it's a really interesting story it reflects the philosophy and the principles behind the law of attraction which interests me um, and it was in realistic ways and I know that It didn't really get that great of ratings by critics, and I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's like in the 20% or something, but I'd recommend watching it if you're in the mood for a feel-good movie, and also if you're interested in The Law of Attraction, The Secret. It has a pretty solid cast. It's Katie Holmes, Jerry O'Connell, and Josh Lucas, so easy viewing if you're in the mood for something like that. 
Okay, next on the agenda, before we get into our main topic, I wanted to mention a few people who had shared their reasons to be happy with me. I was so excited about this. So the first is the Instagram account, Sarah is Recovering. She shared a few reasons on her page about small reasons to stay happy this winter, and some of them included hot chocolate on a cold day, coffee shops, spending time with loved ones, all so true and so relatable. And the second that was shared was by Raf Montford, who created the Positivity Underscore Project Instagram page. So definitely be sure to look him up. He posted a beautiful photo of a sunset that I added to my stories earlier in the week. And he his page is focusing on inspirational photos and uplifting others. So thank you so much to both of you for sharing. And I invite anyone else who is interested to send me a reason to be happy and I'll share it here. Okay, let's dive into today's subject, which is on the toxic side of positivity. So I briefly touched on this last episode, and it inspired me to get more in-depth with it because this idea is in the land of positive thinking, but it's quite different, and it's not as constructive to our mental health. So first, let's define what is toxic positivity. So essentially... It's the belief that no matter how dire a situation is, you should still maintain a positive mindset. It means brushing off negative emotions and responding to them with misguided reassurance rather than empathy and sensitivity. A Wall Street Journal article from November 2021, so pretty recently, by Elizabeth Bernstein that was, it was really helpful in breaking it all down. So... Essentially, toxic positivity is defined as, quote, false cheerfulness or pushing away difficult emotions and forcing ourselves and others to be positive. Toxic positivity basically has us adopting this mindset that it's best to just ignore any negative feelings. And in the words of Bob Marley, don't worry, just be happy. So the next question is, what does toxic positivity look and sound like? It might sound something like someone saying, don't worry, or stop focusing on the negative, turn that frown upside down, good vibes only, maybe like putting you down for even feeling sad in their mind if it's something minor, you know, or something like maybe after experiencing a loss, having someone say, everything happens for a reason, That isn't the most helpful since it's basically a way of avoiding that feeling or not acknowledging someone else's pain. And it might feel like the right thing to say because that's what you believe, but hearing that really doesn't help or make the other person feel better. Another way toxic positivity might look is when someone is expressing sadness and you respond with something along the lines of, well, happiness is a choice. So okay, yes, I do believe happiness is something we practice and we claim for ourselves and we really have to devote some time to, particularly in different points in our lives. But saying something like, well, happiness is a choice is not the appropriate way to respond to someone when that individual is sharing their sadness or disappointment or frustrations because it suggests that if you're feeling negative, then it's your own fault for not quote, choosing happiness and that they're flawed for feeling that way. And I want to keep it real because in my past, I've definitely been guilty of saying that kind of stuff. But personally, I think it's important to give ourselves some grace with it because a lot of it does stem from how we were brought up. We were taught as kids, many of us, to just 
dismiss bad feelings, to get back out there and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps or whatever the expression is and stop complaining, count our blessings, which, you know, some of it, I act, I really do believe that gratitude and many of us know gratitude is a huge part in reducing negativity, but it reinforces this message that positivity is what you need to get anywhere in life, which is both true and untrue. We, we need positivity, of course, but we don't not need negative emotions either. There's a place for both of them. And a lot of this also stems from people just feeling uncomfortable with negative emotions and difficult emotions are just a fact of life, but most of us don't want to feel bad or we don't want to see others feel bad. And more often than not, it is well-intentioned when we say things to people like that. But we have to then begin to realize that hearing that is not all that useful. Research has shown that trying to stifle those emotions does make you feel worse. I kind of talked about that a little bit in the last episode because when you do that, you never coped with them. You're never really, you know, accepting them and kind of processing and they'll probably come up again anyway. And also the brain power it takes to push the emotion away keeps us actually focused on it. It's kind of like Tolstoy's Tolstoy's white bear story. (laughs) Can't speak. Okay. So hearing that from someone, it, it just kind of feels disconnected. It feels like they're alienating you a little bit from feeling that way and I've definitely felt this before like someone saying oh stop your worrying it's not all that bad and I know where that comes from but hearing that doesn't help and it kind of makes you feel guilty and and wrong for thinking that it like these cliched sayings it kind of it lets people off the hook so they just don't have to deal with your feelings and it doesn't really allow that genuine connection and that support that we all need from time to time when we're coping with challenges and it's invalidating one's feelings it's making them feel maybe weak or sensitive and that is like that it's almost like their problem that they just need to kind of get over it and it can be harmful to shame someone and blame them for maybe feeling more negative emotions we we live in this world where we just all always want to be happy and you know that is not going to happen we're humans and we're going to feel a range of complex emotions so I've experienced this myself especially in more like tense conversations when someone responds like this it's it's borderline gaslighting which seems to be I mean, it's such a buzzword these days, but reacting in that way is kind of making them question their understanding of their emotions and the way that they see reality to basically dismiss that person's emotions and and kind of not acknowledge their vulnerability. Like I, without a doubt though, was that girl with the Instagram post that were kind of toxic positivity. It was posting things like good vibes only or like be positive and I had done that really, I think, for myself. This was probably back in 2015. I was going through a low point after another breakup, and I just kind of needed to post these things to remind myself to be happy. But looking back, they didn't really do anything at all for me, and it was just this fake and short-lived reassurance to myself to suck things up. It could be worse, etc. And you know, I, I totally appreciate and I feel like most of us would that other people are not trying to cause any harm or offend anyone when they say these types of statements that are 
resembling toxic positivity. They're just trying to offer a perspective and maybe to try to lift them up in a way that they know how. And, you know, maybe they themselves are uncomfortable with tough emotions and they feel awkward or inept at communicating during these times. And it's just a deficit that they have. Like trying to be stoic and getting over bad feelings has been how so many of us were raised. And we know now more about emotional well-being and mental health. So with that knowledge, we can do better and we can take better care of each other. Now that we know better, myself included, I investigated some of the ways that we can approach this better when either we're down or someone around us is feeling down and they want to share that with us. The key point is knowing that what separates positive thinking from toxic positivity is that positive thinking is not denying difficult emotions outright. There is a role for these lower emotions and they can reveal to us what's missing in our lives or what area of our life needs more attention. But the key with that is not ruminating on those negative thoughts and working to reframe and detach a little bit from difficult emotions that don't serve us. So I think the first thing that we can do is validate the feeling as a real emotion and it's coming from something real because we all have different trigger points based on our experiences, our past relationships, our childhood. So what might make me upset or down might not even phase someone else. So it's important to be compassionate with ourselves and others and not be quick to judge or criticize. You can maybe clarify what you need or want from whoever you're talking to or having this conversation with and ask for clarification on what they need. Like, I hear this, it sounds really hard, I'm so sorry, and I'm here to listen. And what do you need from me? Honestly, that would probably feel so good to hear that from someone when you're being vulnerable about a difficult emotion because you also want to be careful with just going right to problem-solving advice mode. I also don't think it's someone else's job to necessarily offer any sort of solution or, you know, make their pain go away. We can't put our emotional health in someone else's hands, but we are social creatures and we need each one another. So it's just about really listening and giving that person space to unload some of those really heavy feelings. And I know personally when I share something, I always feel so much better. So feelings at the end of the day, they're just data points and they can potentially give you a lot of information about what's lacking in your life. So let's say loneliness is a feeling that keeps coming up. That might signal to you that you need more connection and social socialization or stress might mean you need to reevaluate your responsibilities. It's basically giving you this physical response in your body that something needs a little bit of TLC. And another step is letting yourself feel the feelings, as as cliche as that sounds, but acknowledge them and don't allow them, but don't allow them to totally hijack you. Um, You know, you can feel where you're physically experiencing these feelings. Like for me, I typically experience anxiety in my stomach And I have to breathe through that. I have to kind of focus in on it for a little bit to truly feel it, feel it out, um, which is a whole other episode. 
that I could probably um, chat more about that. But yeah, letting others, you know, share their emotions, feel their feelings without feeling compelled to just fix them or dismiss them, giving them that opportunity to do some of that processing and being sensitive to that instead of telling someone to just toughen up or, you know, questioning them in a harsh way. Um, And usually, at least for me, if someone were to tell me to stop feeling a certain way or put me down for feeling that way, um, I'd feel really guilty and I'd feel ashamed for feeling bad. And then in the future, I'd probably just, I wouldn't tell that person or I would conceal my feelings around maybe that individual, which then prevents, you know, human connection. But it's all about knowing, you know, who you can trust, of course, and maybe who's more emotionally intelligent than other people in your life because we're all kind of on different scales of EQ. And and then when is an appropriate time to open up? Like picking the right moment can also be key. And then therapy can also be a really great tool with a licensed professional if you have access to that. Many people don't due to healthcare and finances, which I totally get. But there are, are also many free tools that you could probably investigate to to give you some relief in your mental health. But yeah, so, oh, one more thing. And it's also uh, something that I've been thinking about because this has been happening for me sometimes where I feel all sorts of ways. Like it's totally okay to feel more than one emotion during a situation that you are going through and, and sharing that complexity of feeling with with someone else or maybe just you know journaling feelings just like humans were are so multifaceted and so complicated and it's normal and it can be really confusing to to kind of go through that and navigate it but we can be kind to ourselves and in those situations focus on self-care journaling can be a great way to process and transfer some of those thoughts out of your head and just see it on paper part of all of this of really being in tune with our emotions and I don't I'm kind of going on a different tangent here but following certain accounts on social media I've realized that that's a trigger for me if I am feeling a certain sort of way either like shame or guilt for maybe not feeling positive or not being as productive or not being at a certain point in my mental health journey you can compare and that's normal but you can also notice the feelings and and maybe then kind of limit your social media consumption or mute those individuals who are maybe bringing out some less than ideal emotions for you and putting kind of limitations on that and speaking of social media (laughs) I actually had a limitation on me not by choice but Instagram disabled my at reasons to be happy the podcast account and I don't really know why I reported it, but it's been taking a few days, which is a whole other topic. But even though it's kind of frustrating to not be able to post or anything or comment, I was basically forced to take a little hiatus from Instagram and do other things in my own time. But it did reveal to me that I do like social media for certain aspects of it, but you know, just like anything in moderation. As we wind things down, I'm realizing that like many things in life, it's all about balance, right? We can validate the sadness in our lives and empathize with others, but also work on focusing on the good and practicing gratitude. So 
we don't get too stuck in stinking thinking as my religious ed teacher used to say but that's basically what toxic positivity is and how it can look in and feel in real life and what kind of separates it from positive thinking and the positive psychology that I talked about last week. So to wrap things up today, my reason to be happy. I actually have a few reasons today. The first reason is snow days because it's currently blizzarding here in New England. We're due to get over a foot possibly more and it's really just the coziest thing to look out and see snow on the trees and the pristine roads before cars come through and the plows come in i'm also all about winter candles these days something about candles makes me so happy the scent and that flickery mood just instantly calms me and the last reason i'm happy and really grateful is for my newfound awareness around positivity and learning how to genuinely affirm others' feelings and create space for them to share without judgment. I've also realized a gift of mine is offering advice if asked for, but as a teacher, I think I've honed my problem-solving skills over the years, so I am really grateful that I can help others when they ask. Anyways, Think about your reason to be happy today and just really dwell on that thought and enjoy it. And if you've enjoyed this episode or you're interested in hearing more from me, I'd really appreciate a positive review. I saw a few come in on my Apple podcast last week and it was so nice to read them. Some really wonderful five-star reviews were posted and the feedback was just so great. So, um... Yeah, it really just makes me feel excited to build a little community here. And thanks so much for listening. Have a fantastic week and talk soon. Bye.